going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. On today's show, we have Kerry Kobe White. Kerry is the co-founder and CEO of Kerry James, a legal marketing agency that focuses on intake. And as law firm owners and attorneys, we're always trying to strive to perfect our intake, make sure that we take all those calls and we turn them into clients and none of them are slipping through the cracks or going to other attorneys. On this show, we talk about her new program that's geared towards small law firm owners or maybe people who want to dip their toe into working with Carrie James. And also her new book, which I have right here, The Law Firm Growth Machine. I can't wait to read it. Make sure you get your copy and enjoy the show. Hey, Carrie, thank you for uh, taking the time to chat with me this evening. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and your business better. Likewise, delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. So just, just to get started, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us about your business and a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. So um, I'm on Kerry 4.0. Uh, my first career out of college, you know, a million years ago was teaching. And mm -hmm. so people often ask me how I made the transition from teaching to working with attorneys. And it turns out that I was teaching in a gifted program. And mm -hmm. so I was very used to working with a lot of people who think they know everything. <laughs> so <laughs> attorneys were a wonderful transition. Yeah, that's a natural fit, right? It, you know, some things just do work out that way. Um, I've, you know, it, it's, it's been a great fit though, because at the end of the day, as a consultant working with lawyers, I'm still teaching. Um, mm. You know, there's great expertise that everybody, every lawyer I work with has been a fantastic legal mind. Um, but not every lawyer I work with has the, the skills that we've honed in years of working to grow practices. And so I bring that strength, they bring the legal acumen and together we make some great progress. So how did you get to the point where you found yourself wanting to start your own business? That's a fascinating question. Um, so like I said, Carrie 1.0 was a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, I, I taught for 10 years, but when I had my third child, it, it really wasn't a great fit anymore uh, as a working mom. So I spent some time in nonprofit working part-time. And as my kids got older and started getting into school more, um, it seemed like a, like the right time to do something else. And so I'd always had these nagging little bits on my shoulder of doing something on my own. And at that point, it just so happened that quite a few of the members of the board of, of, of the nonprofit I was working for, and this is just a great lesson in networking generally, but mm -hmm. it turned out there were a lot of lawyers. And so mm -hmm. lawyers were asking, and because I was only working part-time, I had a lot of lawyers asking me to do marketing and communications work for them. Um, but just the perpetual student that I am myself, I you know took that ball and ran with it and started really educating myself on marketing and ultimately... Um, you know, for a $10 business license, hung a shingle and started <laughs> offering my marketing and communication services to lawyers. Um, and that was 13 years ago. And it's really just grown and grown from there. But, you know, when it, when it comes to that, that, that leap of faith to be a business owner, I do think that you kind of know it in your heart, if that's something <laughs> you want to do. And, yeah. and I have certainly found for many of the attorneys that I've worked with, they, they want to be business owners that, you know, there's not too many attorneys who are like, Oh no, I just, you know, I, I want to work for someone else. No, they, they have this innate drive to be business owners. Mm. Uh, so I, I love sharing that with them. So is that something that you always found yourself wanting to be a business owner? Or is that when you had kids, yeah. you, you were like, you know, you wanted to make your own schedule? Yeah, well, I think when you really start to study business models, and, and I've become a great student of business, you start to realize that 
you know, the, the running joke in my life is, uh, you know, I'll get everything done as, as soon as I figure out how to clone myself. And hopefully that's by next Tuesday. And the reality is that we do need to find ways to amplify our strengths. Right. And typically, and this comes, you know, right back to my teaching days, you know, as a teacher, you are trained to remediate weaknesses, but what we really need to do is amplify strengths. So I started to look at ways where how can I spend my time in the most highly productive manner and you know, manner that's that's going to generate income and really spend uh, less time doing the things that are low value or that I can can put off to someone else. And at the end of the day, as an employee of anyone else's, that's what you're doing. Somebody's less value work. They're mm -hmm. basically saying, I'll pay you X because I know I can earn two X with your strengths. Mm -hmm. So I think when you really start to look at building your practice through a uh, an approach in which you amplify your strengths instead of remediate your weaknesses, you really do kind of have that effect of cloning yourself to some degree. Mm -hmm. And so it's, is, is the way you refer to your business, Carrie James? Yeah, Carrie James, which, you know, like I said, so, so that was Carrie 2.0. Carrie 3.0 was full on into- uh, you Okay, know, so, so we haven't gotten to Carrie James yet. We haven't yet. even gotten to 4.0. Okay. I, I've got some years under me. Um, uh -huh. So I immediately started in teaching, but as far as that entrepreneurial spirit goes, I was selling flower, you know, paper flowers on the street as a kid to put mm. the money into um, the church basket. So, gotcha. you know, yes, I've always been an entrepreneur in that respect. Uh, after teaching, um, and certainly even in my teaching years, always tutoring, and um, I, I ran a little dance studio. So I was certainly, I've been a worker bee my whole life. And so this is a very natural next state. The nonprofit years um, when I was working part-time enabled me to raise my children. And I think like almost every business owner realizes you want to own your time. And mm -hmm. for working women, I've certainly said this more times than I can count. There are a lot of hours in the day, especially when you have young children. They just aren't all between eight and five. Mm -hmm. And so I learned to prioritize the time I had with my children and become somebody who worked late at night or who worked early in the morning. And I think that that's something that is exciting for attorneys who, who want to raise families and still you know, follow a, a career path that's going to make them very successful is that you have to look at the, at the balance of hours and where you want to spend them. And when you own your own, your own business, you get to do that. So 3.0 went out on my own and, and really spent uh, five years uh, strengthening my skills in marketing and communications, working with law firms mm -hmm. before meeting my partner five years ago and uh, really investing in a, a in a partnership. And so we joke that the uh, the creative team was out that day, but Carrie James is Carrie and James. We came <laughs> together five years ago and and really offered something very unique in that, you know, I had spent the the I guess at that point, you know, eight years prior to that, really honing my skills on the professional development, personal mm. business development, the soft skills that so many attorneys need to work on, the networking, the 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 the, the building of your business in a very personal, uh, interactive way with with people. And my business partner, who is literally the man behind the curtain, he's the Oz uh, mm. in in our in our consultancy. He worked a lot on the digital strategies and the things that happen behind the scenes. And again, it's about amplifying your strengths. He doesn't have the skills that I have, and I lacked the skills that he had. And that made for a really fantastic partnership that enabled us to bring something very different to law firms. Interesting. And so would you say that in your, your prior work, working as marketing, was that a, a more wide, you were, you were doing more of a broad um, scope of work there? Because I know what you're doing now, it seems fairly specific, right? Fairly niche. 
Yeah, it, it is. So I think, and, and this is, again, you know, the lessons that we learn, I think, as we get older is we don't know what we don't know. And so, mm. you know, my experience when people started, and I find this fascinating all these years later, but um, it's, it's like I said, I think 13 years since I um, went out on my own, you know, got okay. that $10 business license. And so in, in those early years, it's, it shocks me how much faith and confidence people put in me, given my lack of credentials. And I think that, you know, there's really something to the, the desire to go out and teach yourself, you know, to become self-taught. And I think, you know, just where we are as, as, as a, as a society right now, when it comes to, you know, very expensive degrees and particularly, you know, if you earn that law degree and you don't have the skills to turn that into a business, Mm -hmm. well, you need to make room for learning those skills. And, and, and it really, it frustrates me. I have, my oldest is in college. I've got two more coming up behind her mm-hmm. or looking at schools left and right. And I want my kids to, to have a career that is something that they can turn into an income because most of us are doing it for the income at some point, at, at some mm-hmm. level. And so, you know, how do we take what we've learned and turn that into a profitable business? And I think that 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 part is really missing for so many attorneys, uh, so much so that you know, 13 years ago, they put their faith and trust in me and I was still teaching myself. Mm-hmm. So it was a broader stroke simply because I didn't know what I didn't know. And as I invest in, and I always say, you know, I, I, I went to NYU. Um, I have a really good education. I, I was highly skilled or highly trained to teach. That was what I was, that's what I was educated to do. And yet that degree, uh, had never earned me as much money as the $10,000 I invested in teaching myself to be mm. good, in, good in marketing and, um, and commit to staying abreast and learning, you know, learning my craft. Um, and I, I think that we, we all have to take that approach is where do we fill in the gaps to really learn what we need to learn? And, you know, here we are in this information economy where uh, we can learn just about everything, uh, you know, by throwing a few pennies at the internet. Yeah. And it's funny because I listen to a lot of attorneys as guests on other podcasts. And a lot of time the the host will ask, you know, what did you learn about running a business when you're in law school? (laughs) The answer is always nothing. Nobody has ever taught anything. I think I have, I have one friend that learned how to make a business plan and and he used it for his, his small law firm and it worked for him. But so many people, you know, they don't, they, they're never taught anything. And I do, I ask a lot of attorney, a lot of attorneys that question because I want to know where I'm meeting them. You know, I, I, my, my approach to consulting uh, is very much to meet the attorneys where they are in their practice. So if you're fresh out of school, you know, that's going to look different than if you're somebody who has 10 years of experience, but maybe not a lot of predictable predictability and, and cash flow. So, you know, meeting, meeting someone where they are means to really take into account what kind of training they've had from a business perspective. The answer I get most frequently about what you learned in law school is I learned to think like a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And the scary thing about that is that's almost contrary to running a business, learning to think like a lawyer, um, often re- requires that you look behind you instead of in front of you. Mm-hmm. And being a business owner, and especially in a field like law where there are very few non-lawyers, you know that's something that's changing, but you really are looking at a group of people collectively who haven't grown businesses and, uh, and, and, and aren't bringing those strengths into that business. And so 
as a lawyer, you really do need to make a concerted effort to look outside your industry at what businesses are doing. And again, find somebody who compliments you mm-hmm. if possible. And, and that's becoming a new business structure, new business model in the legal industry that attorneys need to be aware of. You, you are going to be competing with non-lawyers yeah. um, for the first time in, in several states. And I think mm-hmm. that's really going to shift what competition looks like in this space. And so for, for Kerry James now, you've kind of dialed in on this niche of intake, right? And is that yeah. what kind of intake are you, are you consulting on? So I think this is, uh, you know, again, it, it's been a, it's been a little bit of a path to get to that point. So, um, my, my, my focus, like I said, originally was in marketing and, mm-hmm. and people want to talk about marketing because marketing is a direct route, route to growth. And so people want to spend time. They want to invest their time and money in marketing. They don't necessarily want to invest their time and, and, and money in intake. It's just not nearly as sexy in their minds. Right. And so what I, what, 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 I found with many firms who wanted to discuss marketing with us is that my conscience could not let them throw money into marketing if I didn't first sure up their intake mm-hmm. because the the margins in the legal industry for consumer law consumer law if you're you're just trying to get clients uh you know uh consumer clients plaintiffs to to come work with you it's a t- the, the margins are tight and you have to convert those clients and there is a method to doing that. And if you aren't uh, neatly buttoned up and, and really systematized in converting leads to clients, then you can find that this very quickly becomes very expensive. And so I didn't seek out becoming good at intake. Mm-hmm. I had to become good at intake to protect my clients' investments. And so marketing is what I did. Intake is what I had to do. And there was a real gap there. And so, you know, I've spent time training a lot of law firms on intake, creating uh, the, creating the training guide that I wish I had had. And again, this is where the teaching background comes in awfully handy because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, again, I'm teaching, I'm teaching attorneys and I'm teaching intake professionals how to optimize for growth. And that often starts in the intake. But of course, you know, never leave well enough alone. Once I invested deeply in intake, what I found was that you can generate a heck of a lot of data in intake. And when you learn from that data, that's when you can really take growth to the next level. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, we found this beautiful, if you could just picture an infinity shape, this this beautiful flow of information from intake back to marketing and marketing developing leads that flow into intake. And this, we call it the intelligence loop. Mm-hmm. This intelligence loop is where we really can can transform practices so that there's growth. And, you know, again, William, when it comes to, you know, what, what we look at as, as entrepreneurs, you know, we're looking for that next opportunity. And so when I, you know, started out in marketing, my head was already going, holy crap, we, we need to focus on intake. And then we focused mm-hmm. on intake and said, holy crap, the data is incredible. And so now we're yeah, yeah. focused on the data. But when you put all those pieces together, you have to, and this, excuse me, this, this, this goes without saying for whoever you serve, you know, for me, it's serving lawyers, you know, for you, it's serving clients. Mm-hmm. What 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 is it that these people want? You know, your client may want peace of mind or or financial uh, financial compensation or um, security, peace of mind. What is it that they want? What my clients want is security, stability, predictability. They want growth. Mm-hmm. And so, at the end of the day, my goal as a business owner is to find solutions that produce that outcome for them. 
So what, what kind of practice areas are you providing this consulting for? Is it just personal injury? Do you do employment law as well? We so at, at at this moment in time, and and we've we've been everywhere. We really there's no practice area that we haven't that we haven't stepped in because, mm-hmm. like I said, if you are trying to attract clients, you need our help. Uh, if if your growth is about attracting clients, then we need to come up with a strategy for generating the flywheel effect in your business. The mm-hmm. flywheel effect, uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's a it's a, ter- uh, a concept coined by Jim Collins, who wrote the iconic book, Good to Great. And he studied companies that were thriving and companies that were were, were, were stable. And he was like, what's the difference between these good companies and these great companies? And what he found was that the great companies, when they invested in their business, the, 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 the small investments took on an exponential growth an, an exponential curve. And it's no different than what I'm saying about finding ways to amplify my strengths, amplify your strengths. Mm-hmm. These companies invest in what they do well. So the first thing we look at, no matter what your practice area is, what is your route to growth? What is it that you're so good at that we have to figure out how to leverage that strength to generate more business without having to work harder? And that's Mm. what we're trying to figure out. How do we figure out what we're really, really good at and use that to grow the business without having to work that much harder? So again, going back to my um, middle school teaching days, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, a simple machine, a simple machine has the purpose of making work easier. And so what we've developed after, you know, five years of of very custom engagements is a machine to help any lawyer who needs to get in front of of individual clients. And and I say individual because this is different than, you know, the, the law firms who work for insurance companies. And we're not talking about, you know, the, the big panels that you're trying to get on. I'm talking about uh, immigration attorneys, bankruptcy attorneys, personal injury attorneys, family law attorneys, mm. attorneys who are trying to get the guy up the street to not only become a client, but to become a raving fan of your business. Mm. And if we can get those leads to become clients, those clients to become advocates, and those advocates to generate attention that generates new leads, well, then we've effectively created the flywheel effect. This episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast was brought to you by me, Will Ferrero. I'm an attorney at Prior Law in the Bronx. We primarily practice personal injury law, but we can help you with just about any legal issue that you may have. And if it's not something that we can personally help you with, we can connect you with an expert in that area of law. You can find me online on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. My handle is typically at Bronx Attorney. And if you can't find me on one of those social media pages, you can email me, Ferrero at PriorLaw.com, or call me at the office, 718-829-0222. And now back to the show. Okay. And who would you say is better at following directions, law firm owners or middle schoolers? <laughs> I actually will go with the law firm owners day in, every yeah. day. Because I know law firm owners are kind of stuck in their ways, a lot of them. It's kind of hard yeah. to... Uh, it is, which is, you know, what I've really found, though, is, you know, there, again, all these perceptions about the legal industry. Um, I always say the legal industry operates on swing set rules, which is I was here first, you know, <laughs> it goes right back to middle school again. I was here first, and that's not great for innovation. But what's happening right now is that the the younger generation of digital natives, the people who yeah. have never existed without technology, they are coming into C-suites, they are coming into ownership, they are founding firms. 
and they are saying, hey, now, this is not the smartest way to do this. This is not your granddaddy's law firm. Let's look at doing this smarter. And so I think that in addition to a lot of changes that we're seeing across the industry right now, there is room for sweeping change in how business mm -hmm. is done in a law firm. And the folks who are up and comers are, are doing it and they're doing it, you know, working with, with, with boutique consultancy firms like the ours who are saying, hey, how do we do this smarter? And ideally they're they're automating they're systemizing mm -hmm. uh they're they're putting their growth uh their their business development at the forefront of their practice because i can tell you you know as a business owner there's growing my business and they're serving clients and we have to find a way to make the two work hand in hand yeah and i i think that that also you know it might be the older law firm owners and law firms that need your help more than the you know younger oh, ones absolutely because, yeah yeah, the, the younger ones are, are are coming with ideas, and so they often know what they want. The older firms um, are definitely harder to change, but if they want to stay competitive, I think that the writing is on the wall. I mean, we're, we are we're, we're facing some real threats, and I think they know it too. When when you look at especially look at how these margins have shrank, they know they have to do something, and so change is hard. I mean, I. I don't envy the the older firms who, you know, they've gotten by on a good reputation for a long time, but now they're seeing, gosh, why are why are we not increasing every year? You know, why are we staying stagnant? And and mm -hmm. there are little little things that every firm can do to really maintain their competitiveness. Um, you know, a lot lawyers tend to know a lot of other lawyers. You know, you build mm -hmm. these networks of lawyers upon lawyers. It's not just your network. The entire country is saturated with attorneys. Yeah. Competition is very high. The pricing, because the competition is high, is very high. And so if you're not doing it smart, it's very easy for your investments in your firm to actually be expenses. And you never want anything related to growth to be an expense. It should always be an investment. Yeah. And I have a friend that does web design and you know he, he spends a lot of time just convincing regular business owners that they need websites and a Google presence and trying to get them to adapt to the way that the landscape is changing, you know, for their own benefit. Yeah. And it's changing quickly. I think, you know, certainly I look at it this way, you know, my parents are baby boomers um, born in 51 and they had three channels growing up. I'm a child mm -hmm. of the 70s and 80s. I had 31 channels right. growing up. Now, right. you know, my kids are growing up. They're like, what's a channel? Like right, they've got, right. yeah. they, they're streaming everything. And even just that, William, the fact that we've completely decentralized media, you know, firms that were used to, you know, investing those hard-earned marketing dollars and being on the news every morning with their personal injury jingle, 24-year-olds mm -hmm. aren't watching broadcast TV right. and they're, well, now what am I going to do? Am I going to invest in in OTT? Am I going to go uh, the YouTube route? Do I do I need Google? Those PPC prices are so high. Yeah. It's really decentralized. And if you don't have some strategy, some way to win, you're just throwing money at tactics. Mm -hmm. and, and that's going to get, like I said, very expensive, very fast. So, you know, my advice to every firm is you need three, three step, uh, three prongs to your approach to grow your law firm. You need a strategy. Mm -hmm. And I think for Every client facing business owner, whether you're a lawyer or a dentist or or a wallpaper hanger, yeah. you need to invest in your relationships. That's mm -hmm. relationships with individual clients, relationships with referral partners, relationships in your community generally. Invest mm -hmm. in your relationships because you will create raving fans if you invest your time there. Bottom line is I can go to you to, to do my real estate work or I can go to the guy next door. There's plenty of you. So- mm -hmm. How am I going to differentiate myself? I'm going to differentiate myself with fantastic client service. 
once I've done a great job on that client service, then I need to elevate that person to an advocate. I need to invest in, in, in amplifying their message because it's great when you can say good things about yourself. It's way better if other people say good things about you. So you want to amplify the voice of your advocates and you want to use that attention to capture every single lead that you have. So if that's the strategy, great. How do we systemize it? How do we make it fail-proof that your strategy to capture, convert, and care for leads is going to happen consistently every single time. And that's really where intake is. Mm -hmm. I always say intake, the in and intake does not stand for ineffective, inefficient, and inconsistent. And unfortunately, in many firms, that's exactly what it stands for. So you mm -hmm. need to systemize the the entire path of of, of of collecting and converting your leads. And then from there, we need to gather all this data to know what's working and what isn't. Um, it, John Wanamaker, who was a, a business owner in the 1920s, said half of his advertising is working. He just doesn't know which half. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's not the same problem it used to be because we can more effectively measure our marketing than ever before. But it's complicated. And, and again, you're not trained to be marketing specialists. You're not trained to be intake specialists. You're not trained to be business owners. So who do you work with to help you with that? And that's where, you know, folks like I come in. Mm -hmm. And what, what does like the typical law firm that could work with you look like? Is it some like a firm that has one attorney, 50 attorneys? Are they doing yeah. billboards, pay-per-click, SEO? So great question. Over the last five years, we have worked with uh, me regional mega firms, large organically grown firms, but definitely the the bigger the bigger guys with the bigger marketing budgets. But mm -hmm. what we really have done now is take all of the information that we've learned from those experiences and build a growth machine that every attorney can plug into. Like literally, if you're someone who is a lifestyle attorney and just wants to make sure that you don't ever miss a lead or you're someone who is actively trying to grow your practice that you can work with us using our solutions, this turnkey growth system to uh, to really put you know, set your course on fire, get that flywheel in motion. Um, so tomorrow's launch day, uh, June 1st, we are releasing the law firm growth machine, which will be available at Kerry James, that's K-E-R-R-I-J-A-M-E-S dot C-O slash book. And from there, we are launching um, a coaching program where at a re really, really affordable rate, you can join mm -hmm. us and make that, like I said, a really good investment, which means that it's going to net far greater results than the expense that you, you make initially. So very excited about it. So what does the coaching program look like? Is it like uh, weekly or bi-weekly calls? Yeah. Great question. So like I said, it's a turnkey solution. Um, we have a fantastic team that helps attorneys get plugged into our system within that first week. Um, and then we have a training program at your disposal where you can plug into all these little videos that will show you exactly how you set your flywheel in motion. And then we meet weekly so that you can contact me. We also have, you know, 24 seven um, support through our team. So it's, you know, in a group setting with me, it's one-on-one -on -one with the team. Mm -hmm throughout the um, initial onboarding process and then video training. And of course, the book is uh, incredibly comprehensive. So if you want to do all the work yourself, um, the book lays it out so that every attorney can figure out how to set that flywheel in motion. So would you say that's better for like the smaller firms, sole proprietors, two-person, yeah. three-person firms? 
Yeah, I think it's so it, we we really we have firms from a, a solo. Uh, in fact, actually, one of my solo New York attorneys um, is is mm. a case study um, in okay. the book. And we have um, in the exact same model, a firm, uh, a regional firm with with offices in four states. So it really it's you know, that I think that's really uh, it, the the telltale of, of something that is proven and successful is if it can work fairly universally. And like I said, when you, when you think about how any client facing business is going to thrive, the, the recipe isn't hard. It's just, uh, it, it's just a committed mm -hmm. fix. You need to set, set a, uh, a strategy and systemize it and stick to it. What the machine does is make it completely possible to deliver with consistency so that those small wins really add up over time. Yeah. And I don't want to take any subscribers from you, but can you share a couple, uh, a couple free tips with us? Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, it's, it's Google's world. And, uh -huh. and if you, you know, I, I railed against the whole review thing initially because, you know, who wants to ask paying clients to leave positive feedback on the internet yeah. for me. <laughs> but the reality is that social proof is incredibly valuable. People mm -hmm. want to know that you have earned the trust and respect of their peers. And so it's Google's world. And Google says you have to have a Google business profile and you have to have reviews. And one of the biggest mistakes I see attorneys make is that they get a handsome little, little collection of reviews and a right. nice and they walk away from it. And Google does not accept that as good enough. Mm. Google needs to constantly be fed a steady diet. And so if you want your firm to be delivered as a solution to clients in your area, then you need to regularly be feeding it a steady supply of reviews. And once you get those reviews, you need to share that. You need to put it on blast as a measure of branding and marketing, and again, providing that social proof. So you want to generate reviews with consistency, and you want to amplify the voice of your advocates through your social channels. Obviously, when you're busy managing a law firm and doing legal work, those are two annoying things that get in the way. And yet we've figured out through the law firm growth machine how to automate that entire process and use AI to make the ability to, re to request, reply, and repost reviews all to happen without lifting a finger. So if I could give my my attorneys one little bit of advice, that sounds like something that's not going to happen. You know, make the, the house on fire overnight, but I can tell you five years from now, you will wish that you had done that because it does <laughs> generate results if you stick to it. So that would be a, a good, a good place to start. Yeah. And so I, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, maybe the second attorney in the firm, maybe they just, you know, they became a partner to the guy who used to be a sole proprietor and they kind of have this system of intake where, you know, the paralegal picks up the phone or the legal assistant. And it's like, if one of the attorneys is there, they talk to the person. And, you know, if they're not, they take a message. You know, I, I think that you're probably going to say that that's not a very good uh, system not. for success. If, if we go back to what is the best use of the attorney's time, it's either doing the legal work because you need an attorney to do the legal work, or it's out there making phenomenal roads inroads with referral partners and, mm -hmm. uh, and building relationships that are going to serve the firm in the long term. If you have, if you've hired and trained the right professional and you compensate them 
appropriately, a good intake professional is worth their weight in gold. Mm. A, what I would say every firm needs is your firm fact sheet and your firm brag sheet. What am I going, what, what information do I need to provide this person to give them the confidence that we can solve their problems for them? And how am I going to sell that person? So my mm. facts and my bragging. And then every call should be a very simple three steps. You need to screen that person. You know, can we solve their problem? You need to sell the firm so that they have the confidence that the next step is so easy. It doesn't feel like selling. And then you need to sign them up. And if you have the right intake professional in, in that role, then it can be done in a one call close. Okay. And how frequently do calls have to be coming in to justify having an intake professional or would you- that do you have that a hybrid a role where someone's a legal assistant and the intake? Yeah. So I'd say there's most definitely room for hybrid roles when, mm -hmm. I mean, that's how so many firms start, um, but make sure that your, your, your paralegal, your legal assistant is trained specifically for the purpose of intake. Obviously splitting roles like that is not ideal, but I would say, strongly say if you are investing in lead generation, whether that's, you know, using Google ads, local service ads, PPC, YouTube, if you are generating leads, if you're spending money there, then you absolutely should be spending money on intake. The other thing that you can consider is outsourcing your intake so that the only calls that come to your firm are the ones that are already qualified. Mm. And so there are plenty of solutions. Um, you know, Smith AI is one that they only charge you for the, for the call. So you're not paying mm -hmm. a high monthly fee. There are firms like um, ICE uh, intake conversion experts. They only charge you if they retain the client. So they do it from the initial mm -hmm. call through the retainer. If you are investing in generating leads through any kind of form fill, that should absolutely be going to someone who is working on an outbound lead basis from the second that lead hits. So if you think about that, William, if, if you have any of those three solutions in place, mm -hmm. now the, the 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 expense, you know, the, the resources that you've applied to your marketing are truly investments because you've you've put the the human resources behind it and you know that if it is a qualified lead, you're going to convert that person. And then okay. track back out of this stuff. If you're, if you're spending money, you want to know how many, how many leads did it generate? How many of those leads were cases we wanted and how many mm -hmm. of them did we sign? Okay. I don't want to give you to give too much away. So, you know, well, people still go and get the book. <laughs> I give it all away in the book and, and please do, you know, visit kerryjames.co slash book. Um, we, we made even the book incredibly affordable. You can get the book, um, the digital book for $4.99 and, and literally run, run with the information with it, or let us know how we can help. Like all of you attorneys out there, we do yeah. offer complimentary consultation. Okay. So. Um, you know, like I said, this, this is a passion project. I've been mm -hmm. doing it with these big firms, but in the same way, I, I would love to keep all the mom and pop Italian restaurants and not have mm -hmm. to go to an olive garden. <laughs> I, I would like to see yeah, my yeah. small attorney friends stay in business. And the reality is that that is becoming harder and harder as these bigger firms become more and more challenging to compete with. So, oh. um, you need to make the effort to do it. Yeah. Well, I look forward to reading it. Um, more, more generally, uh, to wrap up, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who has that entrepreneurial spirit, but maybe they're, you know, working for somebody else or in a large corporation and they, 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 they're like teetering on the fence, not sure if they should go for it. It's a great question. I, you know, I, obviously this is something that's 
you know, incredibly important to me. And, and like I said, I, I, I kind of just always knew that, that this is ultimately the route I would take, but I will say it is hard. Um, mm. No one will ever work for you as hard as you work for yourself and you will never work for anyone else as hard as you work for yourself. And so, you know, it does become um, something that is hugely consuming and, and, in, and I mean that in the best possible way, but you'll know mm. if you're cut out for it. So that would be number one. Number two, I would say, um, and, and I think attorneys will relate to this readily, consider a partner, um, mm -hmm. having someone that you are held accountable to that um, is up when you're down and down when you're up will really keep things grounded and help drive you toward the goal. It's so much harder to give up if there's somebody rowing with you. Right, and right. so I, I, I cannot say, emphasize enough how differently my business um propelled once I found someone to complement my strengths mm -hmm. and row with me. So consider a partner. Um, and then, you know, the, I, I guess the, the last bit of it would be um, to in, invest in yourself. You know, mm -hmm. I, I know you've got this, this, this pricey degree as, as a lawyer um, and, and it might, you, you might not be done investing in yourself just yet because mm -hmm. Um, you want to make sure that you have the skills to turn that pricey degree into a, a thriving business. Um, and that is absolutely possible, um, but you do have to go after it. And then I, I, I was, I knew I said that was going to be the last one, but I have to, I have <laughs> to add one more. Right. From the day you're born, invest in relationships, uh -huh. build your network, stay mm. connected to your network, invest time in cultivating your network. It's never been easier to do that with all the online tools. So right you do it make sure you do it i think that's that's some great advice so you. you know if, if somebody who's listening to this wants to reach out to you wants to get you know become a part of the program or you know build, hire you build the network other. of course <laughs> i'm gonna say build your network by connecting with me i'm carrie kobe white that's k-e-r-r-i-c-o-b-y white like the color on linkedin facebook and instagram and twitter all the same and i love building my network i love you know i, I i'm sure every attorney out there knows those abysmal statistics from the 2016 aba report about the poor shape of attorney wellness. And mm -hmm. so I don't like seeing sad attorneys join <laughs> me. Let's make sure that everybody is a happy attorney because things are headed in the right direction. And I'd love to be part of that journey. Um, James and I are very good at what we do. And we just feel like there are plenty of attorneys who are very good at what they do too. We'd love to work with them to ensure that they enjoy the success that they should. Well, thanks, Carrie. I learned a lot. This was um, fun. So, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, book is in the mail, okay? Got it. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. Please like, review, and subscribe so we can help the channel continue to grow. And if you're interested in connecting with any of the guests, please let me know, and I'd be happy to make the introduction.